Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow co-hosts and gamers. I think I did those words the different way around than I usually do, but it doesn't matter. We've got Kieran. Hello. James. Hello. (laughs) I'm glad you got it. I was like, which? (laughs) I did have a moment. causing the confusion, other James. James W. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, James, you uh, might not be familiar to the podcast audience, so I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Um, You're on the show today for a special reason, which we'll get to in a moment, but tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe like what was your first game console and your favorite game of all time? All right, cool. Um, Yeah, look, I'm another James, another sort of freelance games writer from Australia. Pretty common story at this point. Pretty common name as well. Uh, (laughs) First game console was... uh, uh, I want to say it was the one that had like Alex the Kid on it, but it wasn't really mine. It was more of a just around the house. So I right. thought my first one was an N64 to be proper about it. Uh, and my favorite game of all time is probably a open world indie called East Shade, which nobody's ever heard of. So it makes these conversations East really Shade. hard. But <laughs> well, Kieran's heard of it. Yeah, Kieran, <laughs> Kieran's on it. Yeah. And what about your favorite game of the year so far? Trickier so question. So far? Oh, it's got to be Resi Remake, right? Like, I'm, oh, I'm not sure. You're in good company. Is... Yeah, so, so I've heard. Yeah. Immediately got Ooh. approval of other it's James. A James thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on the show today, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, E3 getting cancelled, and the Australian government tackling loot boxes, uh, which will no doubt be an interesting conversation. But first, Kieran, you have seen mm. the Super Mario movie. How was it? It was it was good. It was good. I um yeah, I was lucky enough to see it a couple of weeks ago. Um and nerve-wracking as well because my first uh very first movie review. Um but uh I was I was talking to James earlier and I think like the the gist of it is essentially if you if you go into this with the expectation that you're about to watch 90 odd minutes of just wall-to-wall Mario references with little to connect everything <laughs> together. <laughs> then you're gonna have a really, really good time, like a, like a genuinely good time. Like if that's if that's what you what you go in with, um, I think mm-hmm. I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's like narratively, it's about as as dense as a regular mainline Mario video game story. You know, you've right? Got, you've got your your Mario pals the and they're gonna go in s- another castle. Stop Bowser from doing his thing. There's a princesses in another castle joke in there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Had it's very it's just like a, a a sequence, you know, a loosely connected sequence of of you know Mario and his friends going to different places from the Mario universe and and doing all kinds of of cool stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely one that's like they've they've really kind of laser sharp designed it to appeal to such a such a broad range of audience from like kids who loosely know the characters to adults who grew up with you know Mario since the arcade days. Um, there's like, it's, it's, I guess what you would call like a celebration of the entire Mario and Nintendo history as well. Like there's, there's stuff, you know, deep cuts going way, way back. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it's cool. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm sure, I'm sure we've all got questions for you. Um, trying to avoid waiting into spoilers all the same, Mm. but you've concerned me a little bit about the, like the looseness of the story, stitching all these references together. Like, is there a compelling enough narrative to kind of get through it or is it like merely serviceable i serviceable serviceable is probably the closer the closer term i would use like it's not bad 
Um, okay, but it it's, like you're it suspending plot, disbelief though. a little bit. It's, like it's like just, it's like it's yeah, it's a kids movie. Like it's not it's not subversive or like you know overly <laughs> inventive or anything like that. It's what you would expect from. I mean, it's it's a collaboration between Nintendo and Illumination. So if you think of Despicable Me and the Minions and that level of storytelling, that's pretty much what you're getting on like the surface. Right. Um, Have you seen Sonic, Kieran? Yes. Anything like worse or better? Uh, I I I'd say I probably prefer <laughs> the Sonic the Sonic movies because they oh, they do, they do actually do a little bit with the character and you know to kind of separate themselves from. I mean, that's norm, a pretty so. high bar, though, right? Like, people... I, I haven't seen the Sonic yeah. movies, but I hear good things about them. Yeah. yeah. They're real movies, yeah, basically. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we ask for. <laughs> yeah. Are these real movies? <laughs> um, how about the performances, Karen? Like, the, there's a lot of discussion lead up about the Chris Pratt mm. bringing mm. Mara to life. I was excited mm. about... Uh, Char- I wanted to say Charlie Kelly, but Charlie Day playing Luigi. Um, yes. We've got Jack Black playing Bowser. Like, how do they hold up? For the most part, really, really good. I think it's obvious that Jack Black steals the show as Bowser. Um, his, okay. His his narrative is probably the best part of the movie because he's you know in in the in the overarching plot like he's in a war against the Mushroom Kingdom. He's trying to take over the different realms, but his ultimate goal is just to have a fairy tale wedding with Peach. And he's <laughs> obsessed with this wedding being perfect, and it's got to be perfect. And like that that side of it was really cool. Um, Probably one of the best moments in the movie involves him, which I won't spoil, but like I think people are gonna take that away with them, which is which is cool. Um Yeah, Charlie Day is really good. Uh Seth Rogan is literally just Seth Rogan when he's playing Donkey Kong, but it works so I well. I mean he's always Seth Rogan. That's literally yeah. all he ever does. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just like I can't separate those two characters anymore. Like Donkey Kong and Seth Rogan are one and the same now. Oh really? Um, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um like even even Chris Pratt. I, like it's something I wrote about in the review, but I feel like he's been intentionally chosen to just be as unremarkable as possible as Mario. Because <laughs> because I think if I think if it was if it was someone you know doing a voice or someone you know kind of more exciting than Pratt, it might have taken away sure. from everything else. Okay, so, I don't know. Like it works. <laughs> like I very very quickly forgot who I was listening to. Like I was like, "Yep, cool." Mario's talking, whatever. Like it's it's fine. And everyone else around him is just great. Right. Okay. That was diplomatic. Interesting. That was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I tried to be. So I did have in my notes here the question: Is it among the best video game adaptations? I feel like mm. that's a no, but I don't. Uh, maybe. I, there's so think, few I think, good video game adaptations that this would sit amongst them. I think everyone I think everyone should see it. Like it, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't want to sound like overly negative or anything. Like it was genuinely a good time. It's just it, it is what it is, kind of thing, you know. It's 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 far from like a like a cash grab. It's it's not just, you know, we're gonna hit everyone with a bunch of nostalgia and, and take their money. Like it's it's genuinely well put together. It looks great. The soundtrack yeah. is really good for the most part. Like there's been a lot of like a lot of love and care put into it, so it's definitely up there with some of my favorite video game adaptations. And would you want a sequel? I yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'd watch another okay. one. <laughs> not a not a sure. raring endorsement, but I think positive at all enough. Um, I'm certainly gonna go and see it. I've, I'm just kind of keen to go to the cinema. I haven't been to the cinema in a while. Uh, James, yeah. Dump, uh, James B. I will say actually. 
I've got to, got to distinguish between the two of you. Excuse me on my toes. Um, James B, are you rushing to the cinema to go and see this? Yeah, we've booked. Um, oh! I've got... I feel like with the group we've got, we've almost got a whole cinema to ourselves. Um, <laughs> keep growing, Amazing. Um, which will be exciting. But, um, yeah, I've got... Are you going in a costume? No, that was never something... <laughs> Like, I have a ghost face costume from recent, <laughs> but that's, like, all I have. I don't know if that's the vibe. Um, it is a nighttime session, though, so hopefully no children um, ruining my my adult movie. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm keen. Um, I like the cast. I'm keen to see Peach, weirdly enough. Like, I, I want to see yeah. what they do with she's Peach. Pretty, she's I'm, pretty badass in it. Yeah, she seems to be pretty cool. And I've, like, since I watched the menu, I have a thing for Undertale Joy now. So I'm yeah, going to oh, see yeah. what she does as Peach. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm keen. Very excited. Is there, uh, I want to ask a question, but I don't. Is there a post-credit sequence? Oh. There, well, I can answer that. Oh, I feel like I can answer Is there answer a tease? That. There is, yeah, I don't there know. is, there is, it's worth sticking around for all the way through the credits. Yeah. Okay. How exciting. Cool. Well. That's a good thing to note. sit down for slightly longer. Thanks to you. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, remind me when again is it out? It is out. It's soon, right? Uh, if the you're listening to this podcast April, fresh, it's today. Um, right. But yeah, 5th of April, so Wednesday, today, whenever you're listening to the this. The day, yeah, the day this the episode day before, is, is out. And 2023, cool. in case you're listening to this. 2023. Next year. <laughs> in case you're listening to this, <laughs> like, next <laughs> year. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, E3 didn't happen, but we're getting to that <laughs> later in the show. Yeah. Uh, for now, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which James W., you got to travel all the way to LA and really just live out my dream of poking around Galaxy's Edge to play this game. I think they got given a lightsaber and all. Which is we did no doubt yes. clouding your preview. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, um, ethics and games journalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how did you find the? Well, actually, you know what? Let me rewind. Firstly, how did you find the previous game? Did you enjoy Fallen Order? I thought it was a really good attempt at something. Um, I, I think that for a first try at like a Souls-like situation, and it also emulating yeah. like the cinematic language of a Star Wars, it was fine um i didn't okay. love it though I, I, I didn't quite connect with it i think the way that a lot of other people did so uh, coming into this one i was apprehensive i'd say okay interesting you and i were already coming Ooh. at this from like different perspectives because i loved fallen order but then i'm a yeah. diehard star wars fan so maybe that maybe there's like a nostalgic sort of element playing into it um okay then how did you find what you were able to play of survivor I came away really impressed by this thing. Uh, it's Hell sort yes. of like, it feels like it was designed to address every concern someone like me would have had with Fallen Order while also honoring what someone like you would have loved about Fallen Order. It is very much an expansion on what worked really well in that game, but also a, not a fix it because I don't think the game was bad enough. It needed to be fixed as such. Um, but it is definitely a, a very natural progression of a lot of the ideas that they were playing with. And what has come out the other end is this like, ambitious, very Empire Strikes Back, darker middle chapter is kind of what they're uh, sort of pitching it as. And uh, you definitely feel that in, in playing it. What, what was it you got to play? Was it kind of fair way into the game or right from the start? Yeah. 
So we got a three hour slice, I would say maybe, I think it was an hour and a half into the game. So it was just okay. after the initial mission, uh, we found Cal and BD-1 on the Mantis, kind of like crashing onto the planet of uh, Kobo, which I think is one of the first original planets you explore in the game. And um, you're effectively just, you know, exploring Kobo, trying to find a way to fix the Mantis. And then a lot of other plot stuff happens that we are uh, embargoed away from talking about at all, which is very unfortunate sure. because... It was great, but um, yeah. Okay. It's, what what was there was uh, yeah a lot of this sort of open zone exploration on this Kobo planet. Uh, James W. No, I'm getting confused again. James B. <laughs> He's getting so pissed off at me as well. Not, James no, B. I'm how not. did you find the storytelling with the first game? Was it something you enjoyed? Look, I thought it was fine, but I don't. I'm not. I'm like a post Disney Star Wars hater. So like I don't know. Like I like I I was just happy not to have like a Battlefront game and to have a single player game that didn't suck that where you played as a Jedi. Um yeah. I did I did like the plot. Like I did think they could have obviously done more with it and I think towards the end they definitely did a bit of the um I guess nostalgia baiting they like to do with yeah. Star Wars. Um all the Glopshido stuff that you hear about every time <laughs> something happens. I think it's Glopshido, actually, just oh, as okay, a Star Wars sorry. fan, I have to yeah, correct you. Yeah. Um, actually, um, <laughs> I think you'll find it's Glopshido. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did. I really liked it. I And as somebody who has a very cursory, like, I guess, engagement with the Star Wars world, like, I like, I've seen the movies and stuff, but not much more. Mm. Um, I, you know, it's like seeing all of the Night Sisters stuff, is it Night Sisters and mm. all of that? And it's like, that's also, that was super interesting and very fresh for me. And I yeah. couldn't help but feel like, why are we focusing on this shit in like the main trilogies? But um, overall, yeah, yeah I, I did like it. I thought they could have probably done more. Like if we were going to get deep into it, like I thought that they could have done more, say, for the relationship between um, Cal and, uh, what's her name? Is it Sarah? 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 Siri? The Deborah I, I always mess character. up the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like I thought they could have done a lot more of that, but then I didn't really go into a Star Wars game expecting that. So I, what I got, I really enjoyed, like gameplay wise, mm. and that definitely took the forefront for me. Um, yeah, I think I'd kind of yeah. echo echo your sentiment in that, like I kind of enjoyed the overall structure of the story and the kind of narrative they're telling, but like the individual kind of character beats, I like, didn't really hit for me. Maybe with the exception of um, that one sister that kind of. Is the, the main like the second it, 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 My memory's failing yep. me. Yeah, um, yeah. Like she was great, and um, mm-hmm. that was going to be like one of my questions, I guess, for this, um, for James. Is like, did yeah. you get a sense of is there a villain in this? Like, is there a bad guy, or is it? Yes, very, very definitively, yes. Um, they are just yeah. one of the things I can't talk about, unfortunately. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, and mm. but, and how about like the cast of like supporting characters of that sort of ensemble mm. cast? Are they kind of? a bit more involved this time. Yeah. Um, I I think one of the major things I came away noticing is that this world feels much more fleshed out. Um, The dialogue and the script writing is a lot sharper and much more self-assured this time. Uh, Performances are also just better across the board as well. It feels like a studio that's kind of like found its rhythm with its storytelling. Um, And so because of that, I, the world feels very inhabited and lived in. There's a lot more NPCs just um, in these spaces. Now they'll give you quests. They'll tell you random lore tidbits. There's uh, Kobo is kind of like a, um, Western-ish kind of like cattle ranch area. Uh, okay. And so you get a lot of like very like country twangy people been like, oh, come ride my space horse. Um, you know, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's sweet. It's, it's very Star Wars-y. Um, and there's a couple of interactions. 
that it's 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 a hard to talk about, but I, I will say that the in the first game, I often found as if it was telling me that I should feel a certain way about an, a dialogue exchange. Uh, yeah. Whereas in this, I just felt it organically. Like they are pretty confident in in what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah, that's I. You've articulated it much better than I was able to, but that's <laughs> what I felt like the first game was missing. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think exactly like, as you put the, it there. It's like kind of telling you how to feel it rather than actually just letting you feel it. In the footage and stuff, it does look alive a lot more. Like mm. I, I did, I yeah. didn't even think about it for Fallen Order, but in Fallen yeah. Order, it feels like everything has been abandoned. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even like yeah, that, ha- there's that one that one planet where like there's all these houses, but like no one's in them; they're just all locked. <laughs> um, whereas yeah. like walking through the container in in this B roll for Survivor, like it does feel a lot more alive. Um, and even being able to pick music, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I know he doesn't exist yet, but they should add Max Rebo. <laughs> songs <laughs> james how were um, the environments so, that you got to oh no sorry karen go for it no i was just gonna i was just gonna say like while we're talking about the first game obviously being a like a direct sequel um one of the things i was curious about and you did kind of speak to this in the in the preview but um you're you're not kind of like cal doesn't suddenly come down with like a case of amnesia and forgets all his moves and all that kind of stuff right like you you, you pick it up with everything Mm-hmm. Um, or not, or at least with with most of his Jedi abilities. Um, how do how do you feel like that's going to go for people who maybe didn't play the first game or played the first one at launch, and and haven't touched it in a while? Was yeah, that like onboarding I'm process? About Did that. that seem pretty good? Um, yes, I mean it's hard to tell because we weren't thrown into the very beginning of the game. There was a yeah. tutorial section, but it was just built for this demo, so it's it's right, hard to right. tell sort of what they're going to be doing in the the final build. Um, they did specifically talk about wanting to start the game with uh, no dead buttons, basically, because you start Fallen Order with not much to do. Um, whereas in this one, they want to start you with a pretty basic pool of things that. I personally haven't played that first one since it came out. Um, and I remembered things pretty quickly. It's all very standard. Like, you know, your face buttons are push, pull and um, confuse or, or whatever the third power is. Uh, so I think that it's a pretty soft entry point, And then the more complex stuff is in those skill trees that they've expanded out quite a bit. I think cool. that's a really neat premise and something like it is like such a bean cliche now that you kind of, Go mm, through some sort of regression, and, and then yeah, they all their moves <laughs> yeah. fall out of their pockets, and yeah. all their no. lightsabers. Like, Hal has PTSD yeah. again. Yeah. And like, it yeah. was a frustration yeah. playing like God of War Ragnarok last year, mm. and because I had replayed the first game, in the lead up, and I was like, ah, I'm, I want these things because I've just played them and got into the habit using them that I now can't do. Um, but yeah, I'm in the same boat, um, James. Right, like I, it was not since launch that I played Fallen Order, so. Hopefully, I'm able to get my memory jogged nice and easily. Um, going back to the environments that you were talking about previously, how different are they this time? Is the design kind of a bit more open? Is there room for exploration still? Um, how, how is the approach different, if, if at all? Yeah, so... Uh- they're kind of pitching it as a um, it's semi-open world. I think open zone is sort of the new hot topic that we're all sort of talking about, where we've yeah, decided that so. you know open worlds are a bit too much, so we, let's bring it back in. Um, and so here we started off in a fairly linear 
um, platforming section, which was very fallen order. And then you get to a plateau and you suddenly have your breath of the wild moment where you're looking out over this massive expanse where there's, you know, the town is off in the distance. There's a farm off that way. There's craters over there you can explore. And so you get a very big sense of like, okay, I can just pick a direction and go. Um, and based on what I could see other players doing and what I was doing, every direction is viable. You'll eventually be sort of golden path backed on towards the town. Um, yeah. but you can just go and do a puzzle room if you want to go into a puzzle room, uh, you know, screw around with the combat, do whatever you want really. And so that sense of openness com- uh, combined with that, like lived in NPCs everywhere, a bit more of a vibe to the world. Um, it just makes it feel kind of like a little Star Wars biome to explore, um, which, um, you know, as someone who's always wanted that from a game, it was very exciting to see. That's cool. And is there an opportunity they're going to fall down a hole and encounter a really difficult to defeat toad like there was in Fallen Order? I, I like so many people, fell into that mm-hmm. quite literal trap. Yes. How did you uh, find it? Like, was, is there difficulty to the game as well? Yeah, so I think there was six difficulty options from memory. I left it on just like default Jedi Knight um, just because I wanted to see sort of what the intended experience was. And I struggled with a couple of the bosses, but I also found moment to moment combat to be very fluid and easy to pick up. Um, I think it was a, it struck a good balance, but I think if you want to push for a harder version, it's absolutely going to be there for you. Um, I found a... Um, what is it called? The the big monster from Return of the Jedi that everyone loves. Um, Rancor. Rancor, yeah. Um, they oh, very cool. early on pitch you against a Rancor and that thing knocked me out in one hit and I was like, oh, ha ha, what a fun like boss uh, joke. Turns out everyone else was beating it. I was just, you know, not skilled enough. Um, but <laughs> oh, no. That's fine. Turns out I was the joke. But um, yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's definitely some some good little kind of like blips of difficulty in there if you want to engage with them. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that optional bosses will still be a, a feature of the game yeah. as well. Uh, cool. If no one else has any more questions, then I will ask one final one. And that is kind of final impressions. Do you see Survivor being amongst one of your favorite games this year and a game of the year contender? Does it have that sort of pedigree at this stage based off your initial impressions? I would, I would think so. Yeah. I think the, the jump to sort of just doing it on current generation hardware exclusivity makes it like, it looks incredible. Um, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but like the combat has a specific bespoke skill trees for everything you do now. And so there's a lot of ways you can like sort of customize your, your play style. Um, and like different stances come into it an awful lot as well, right? five stances in the game i think so we only had three of them in the the build but then we got to watch the one of the combat designers play like a late portion of the game where like mm. he was using like dead eye from red dead basically like with a blaster it was an absurd oh, level the, of, like the blaster stance is that right yeah blaster stance so looks sick. incredible there's a the cross guard hilt that like kylo ren has in the new movies um there's a lot of different ways that they're sort of pitching it as <laughs> player customization i'm so excited <laughs> right now you, you and they <laughs> <dumb right now. laughs> yeah <laughs> I am bricked up, and I now know what that means. <laughs> Can we not ever say that um, again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I guess to, to answer your question, yeah, like everything I saw of it hints at a game that is kind of like very much hitting its stride. I think this is going to be like, I, I put this in my, in my preview, but like, I do think Respawn has made its Empire Strikes Back here. And that's very exciting. Yeah, that is quite the quote as well. I'm very, very excited. Um, cool. Well, let's move on. Something else I was excited about, but alas, no more, was E3 2023. It has officially been cancelled with a cancellation email reading that the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. 
Uh, Kieran, perhaps come to you first. Was this inevitable at this stage? I I don't want to say yes, but I guess so. Um, it definitely feels like what was once like a cohesive whole has just been fragmented by, you know, Jeff Keighley's summer game stuff, all the live stream stuff that started picking up once the pandemic hit. Like it's, yeah. it's been splintered into all these different things and people kind of still expect all of that. And then also a, a show to like beat all shows on top. I don't think that's viable at all. Um, it's, it sucks. Cause I, I, I definitely think there's still scope for an event that brings people physically together. I mean, we've seen like, like PAX Australia, even, even last year in it's kind of like slightly more limited form was still massively popular because people just want to be together and celebrate gaming. Um, mm. But I think like E3 is probably not the place for that anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Like I, I've never been to E3. I don't know if any of you have. Do we have anyone that's attended E3? Which I think is quite telling in in of itself, right? Like maybe maybe Shannon on the team might have been the only sort of one. But certainly over the last kind of few years, maybe longer than that, it's kind of lost its relevancy. Um, and we've found that we can actually kind of do most of the coverage just by staying locally, albeit writing articles in the middle of the night. Um, James, James B, that is how it will come to you. Um, can E3 make a comeback? And if so, what would need to change for it, for there to be a 2024 E3? Um, I don't really know, because I, f- I feel like, everything to do with people pulling out is behind the scenes stuff that I can't, that I don't, we don't know about. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people were in, even like Ubisoft pulling out, like who knows what the terms are in, in terms of like w- how you can participate. I've um, wondered that. Like, is it a, a lack of announcements or is it the cost I remember, of putting it on? I like, remember what? before COVID maybe, or there was something where like, so, I think Sony, maybe it was Sony said, we didn't agree with what they're trying to do this year or something, which made me think there must be some kind of way that it's being organized specifically. Mm. Um, But like, as somebody who doesn't know any of that, to me, like, you know, Sony can do a self-directed state of play in whatever week they want. And then they own that week. Do you know what I mean? Like that's their week. Um, and that doesn't cost, they don't have to ship, pe- they don't have to send employees somewhere, they don't have to get a, a vertical slice ready for an arbitrary date um, yeah. of their game. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many other, like, with, especially with the pandemic, they've realized that they can do all this shit themselves um, yeah. Yeah. for less money and people mm. will cover it the same. That's why, like, for me, like, obviously I've, I've never been, to me, it's the same. I watched it online anyway, so watching Summer Games Fest is literally this, I'm sitting in the same spot with the uh. same snacks on my same computer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, We'll talk about what, what I mean? snacks in later. The same, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the same Discord, muting everybody because I'm trying to cover something. But, like, overall, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, to me that's the same. But for it to come back, I don't really know what they would have to do. They'd have to make it enticing and they'd have to be able to, like, guarantee... I think back in the day, like, that was... You could guarantee a certain level of, like, what circulation was what they used to say. But you know what I mean? Like, you'd know that all these people were going and seeing this. But now, like, you don't know if that's even going to happen. Yeah. Um, mm. And you can probably get the same impact slash effect from whatever. Yeah. I will miss, like those moments like remember like the Wii music one I don't know if you guys remember that but the Wii yeah. music <laughs> Nintendo conference was like disastrous but it was so 
fun to watch because it was such a nightmare and it was live. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like the random shit, like I remember with Rage 2, they brought out that band that sang that's I can't even remember who it was. it was. I think it was someone famous, but um, yeah, like just those weird like celebrity video game crossover moments. I'll miss those. Mm. Um, but to go back to yeah. your question, no, I don't know Is what it- they can do. I don't think they, I think they should give up. It's interesting because, like, E3, I guess, like, came from a time where, like, the the industry as a whole was, like, still trying to get recognition and kind of um, some, uh, like, build awareness, I guess, amongst more mainstream audiences. Like, it was the kind of one trade show year that you might have, like, you know, uh, someone that has a byline at a newspaper goes to and they write their one article about video games that year. Mm. Um, legitimate whereas, press, quote unquote. <laughs> like, yeah, quote unquote, yeah. legitimate press. Whereas that, like, that's kind of a bygone era now. Um, and there are people whose like full time gig is writing about video games and cover cover a conference no matter what time of year it's happening. Um, which, yeah, I like. I think it's a shame because for so long, like, it was a mecca of like the video game industry. And as like aspiring journalist, it was like always the big event you'd want to go to until you go to a fair few and get burnt out by like the just insane amount of work that you have to do in that week, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I just don't think like there's a need for a trade event anymore. Like maybe if it was more about community and something more like, more like packs that is about gamers kind of coming together, it might have some new form there. And I think that's the kind of direction that we're heading. But having a, a big event centered around like previews, announcements, that kind of thing, yeah, I think you're right, James. There's just like no real need for that anymore. Um, in saying that, though, James, W to come to you now. Like, what does the July period in video games look like now? Like, is it? Do we expect that to still be a big month of announcements, but people doing their own events, or is that kind of big mid-year announcement period mm. likely to kind of dis- be dispersed throughout the year? Well, I think like, you know, with what Keeley's doing, he's, he's effectively created his own well of gravity during that same period of time, right? Where yeah. you, know, you've, you should, um, that Summer Games Fest exists to take this place, essentially. Um, and so I think that that could do a, a reasonable job. Um, I just feel like, you know, with the lack of, you know, having physical press presence at, at these sort of events, right? You know, so we can do these Nintendo Directs and the, the Sony Directs and whatever you want to call them. Um, but in doing so, you remove the ability for the press to effectively do their job sometimes. So we just get like a very clean cut marketing message, um, which is great for pure information. Um, but I feel like just from a, a pure representation of, of some of these things on, on uh, websites and stuff, you just, you miss a little bit of something. And so I do wonder yeah. if not having that during this kind of release hype period you don't get a, a, as as critical a lens on some of these things, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I could definitely see that changing the landscape a, a tiny bit. Um, but again, everything is just shifted to this direct-to-consumer kind of marketing at this point anyway. So um, yeah, I think it's going to look much as it has for the past few years. I think E3 hasn't been particularly relevant for a while anyway, which is, you know, I find to be sad, but yeah, yeah. kind of is what it is. Yeah, I think I think the preview opportunity though is like definitely something that is a bit of a miss in all this. And I, I've kind of gained mm-hmm. like a newfound appreciation for previews. I think I kind of lost that appreciation for a bit. But we've also mm-hmm. been doing more on the side and doing the the video previews as well over our YouTube channel. Um, and it's kind of reminded me like how how much interest I had in those like back in the day. But I think there became like such a dialogue around, I oh, just like wait for the full review, wait for it to come out. Now, like we see everyone's kind of thoughts on TikTok with like gameplay clips mm. up on a game releasing. But uh, like, yeah, I think there is kind of something to be said about like getting hands on with the game months out of its release, 
getting a feel for what direction it is, like maybe having a dialogue with a developer. And you know, we, we've seen some of that kind of open dialogue happening happening around like Suicide Squad or something, albeit in a very public sort of way. But yeah, I, I don't quite know like what my final thought on that is, but like I think for critics to not be able to get some time with the game um, well ahead of launch and kind of start articulating some of those thoughts and kind of putting their thoughts out there for gamers to read like I, I i think there's some something to that that i worry might go by the wayside um i don't know if it's radically like changing the games um or like shifting expectations around them but yeah i'd hate to see like previews disappear and that's not just because we've heard your wonderful preview of survivor today um <laughs> final thoughts kieran e3 are you happy to see it go could you care would you hope to see it come back next year? I am unhappy to see it go, but I, I don't. I don't think we need it to come back, in in the same form at least. Yeah. Cool. That's definitive. I like it. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to a very different topic, and that is loot boxes uh, affecting games classifications. This comes the way of some new reform proposal by the Australian government here in our home country, um, that games containing paid loot boxes would carry a minimum rating of M, um, uh, therefore being mature and not recommended for players under the age of 15, and any game that contains simulated simulated gambling immediately bearing an R18 plus classification. Quite a big shake-up, um, as uh, mentioned in the article over on the website. Like It would mean that something like FIFA, which has kind of its card packs or whatever, um, like getting uh getting an automatic m rating not the kind of g pg that we're currently accustomed to um james b maybe to first come to you do you think this is a wise move on behalf of the australian government i don't think it matters like <laughs> no like i'm not even very valid like, i'm not i'm not just trying to be like a dickhead like i genuinely don't think like i think like a you know, somebody sees a, you know, kids buy GDA all the time. Yeah. You know, like, that's an R18 game. And like, how many under 18-year-olds are... And yeah. I've been at a store when you, uh, someone will say to a parent, this is R18, is that okay? It's like, yeah, it's no worse than what they see on TV or something like that. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. They're watching Game <laughs> it, of Thrones it, anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, that, yeah, and that's like R18. Do you know what I mean? Like, if FIFA's yeah. all of a sudden got a blue M on it, like, no one's getting... Like, is it blue? Are we saying M, sorry, or M-A? Yeah. It was M, yeah. So, the, for the, clarification... The M where they like can still buy it. Yeah, you M don't is, need M, to M be with has always been an advisory M. rating yeah. in Australia. So, like, it's not even enforced. Like, what's the point no. at that yeah. point? Like, I don't... Like, people... What about Roblox, like, as an example? Like, that's yeah. more predatory and more exploitative, but that's I mean, not even rated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, the idea of these classifications Jesus. is really kind of redundant in the fact that like so many people just buy games digitally now as well. Like you go on Steam, no one is checking your don't, age. No, well, don't like, do that. I'm not telling anyone to do that. But like, it's not enforced. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah. I apologize. There are safeguards around it somewhat, but they're very easy to work around. Like, yeah, yeah. And, uh, presumably something similar exists on the PlayStation Store and. Uh, the PlayStation Store literally but... is like f- it's full of the PlayStation Store is literally full of games that are like hentai slots, 
Like anyone can literally just like go and play hentai slots if they want to. <laughs> Even I'm on saying Switch, slots. I'm saying slots, place, by the way. On Switch, like people. Oh, I thought you. Well, Switch has got both. <laughs> like, it's honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're like $3 each. And people think Switch yeah. is a family console, but like. I do think you need to kind of intervene to like some extent. Like, um, I, I know I don't want to go into examples, but, I, but like but there are help. examples of like pretty heinous content that's made its way to like the app store or to consoles or whatever. And like, I think you do need to kind of say, okay, enough's enough. Like we need to regulate this. And, and I'm pleased to see the government at least acknowledging the the problematic nature of loot boxes and simulated game yeah. gaming. Like th- th- this, this kind of reform is also extending to like online poker services and stuff as well. Like it's, it encompasses a few things, but I'm pleased to see them tackle it, but yet, yeah, like, you're ultimately right. Like, people are just going to find ways around it. Um, Definitely. Does that render like, like, it? I don't even, know. But... It's not even a barrier. It's just, like, I don't yeah. know. It seems very, almost performative. Um, yeah. And I also think, like, gambling, like, Pokemon cards, like, they're gambling, in a way. Like, kids are getting sure. on. Do you know, like, it's the same yeah. thing. It just is actually kind of like a physical like, loot box. Or it is. It's it's just literally a physical loot box. Yeah. <laughs> Your school fair like, lucky dip, get that out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think know. It's, it's, I think they're probably like, I, the, the sentiment is good, but like, because they, they obviously want to tackle problem gambling. And I think that's good. Um, and obviously I don't like, I don't know too much on the topic and it's, it's pretty serious. So I don't want to like misrepresent it, but I think, I feel like they're speaking to the wrong people as well. Because if they're speaking to parents, I feel like that's the age group where the like problem gambling is largely a problem as well. They they're trying to nip it in yeah. the bud early, but they're they're not speaking to kids. They're being like, "Hey, this game's even cooler now because it's it's M or it's R." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, I, I just I think it's I think it's the right idea and and probably the wrong approach. Um, and I feel like the research coming from like, you know, local governments or or national governments on the effects of these things is probably moving slower than the research someone like EA is putting in to how to actually exploit people that way you know what i mean like i feel like the marketing moves you know the money moves quicker than than our government probably does on those things yeah james w james w unless you have kids i think i'm right assuming none of us are parents here so oh, and God, if so no. maybe we needed needed brody um, but yeah, I sort of feel like it's the kind of thing, like be- rather than slapping a different label on the box, it's the kind of thing you need to like sit down and like talk about with your kids or like try and make them understand the value of money and like what they're doing by spending cash on loot boxes and the kind of return yeah. that you may or may not get on it um, and understand the sort of value of it. And like, yeah, like to the to your point, like I don't think a different colored label on the box is gonna do that job on behalf of parents or teachers or whoever. Um, yeah, it also like mm. I have friends up. who have kids, and the, the sometimes something like this will pop up, like they want to buy that something like that, yeah. and then they say no, and then they chuck a tantrum, and then they get it anyway. So it's like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I also. <laughs> Like, I know it's also, yeah, like... (laughs) You really feel... (laughs) I'm not going to name who they are, obviously. I don't even... I want names. (laughs) No. um, But, like, it's... And it's like, yeah, I I think about, like, the thing with, like, sit down and speak to your kids about it, but most of the time the kids aren't paying. Like, I think that's another another 
That's a, but this is obviously not a parent. This is another spin-off we can do, a parenting podcast from yeah, four people hilarious. who don't have yes. Parenting tips from people <laughs> who don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, from four gamers. Yeah, I think... Yeah. <laughs> I think, like... I, I raised a pretty healthy family of the Sims. <laughs> no yeah. one I'm talking about. <laughs> no one died in the first ten days. Um, I, I, I think what you're saying, you and though, where you sit down and speak to kids about it, I just don't think they have that understanding yet no maybe not until they start earning money, money but then at that po- yeah even even at that point if it is their money it's they're so young like do you know what i mean but yeah it is yeah i have like my eyes water when i think about how much people spend on like 2k my career or like fucking F- fifa ultimate team or even yeah. roblox like it's ridiculous like and i suppose like you know parents themselves like aren't to... guilt free like i mean no of course not like, like you I'm... should know what you're buying for one yeah like that's, yeah that's yeah. Like, I'm not innocent of spending money on... I don't know if I've ever bought a loot box. I mean, I've certainly bought cosmo- like cosmetic items in games, but I don't know if I've ever just, like, spent money on... I've bought like, shitty on-disc DLC for a Street Fighter game back in the 360 era, <laughs> but I knew what Did I was doing. Did you not know what was on the disc? Like, was it randomized? No, no we, we knew. Like, it was 100 kilobytes. Like, you knew it was on the disc, but what could you do? Like, you No, wanted, but, like, did you, you know wanted... what you were getting? Because, like, the idea of, like, loot boxes, right? Yeah. you don't yeah, you, know oh, no, what you're you getting did. out Sorry, of it. yeah, you did. It was all... Back then, it was all, like, this is the costume you get for who. Yeah. You know, it was definitely... Like, it was still shit, and I knew it was shit, but I wanted... There, a, there was an interesting cool line costume. about... On uh, about this on um, Mythic Quest, I'm back watching season three at the moment. If you've not watched Mythic Quest, highly recommend going and watching it. By the way, um, but they're talking about like the commercialization of video games, and they say that just like people kind of um, forget about it and argue about whatever the next thing, and like gradually like season passes and loot boxes and stuff are accepted, and people just worry about what's next. They point like horse armor as an example as well. Obviously, very much on the basis of real debates, but like maybe it is me kind of forgetting that argument but i don't have a lot of issue with horse armor now because you pay like you know what you're getting for for the payment that they're asking I, yeah like, it's i think it's one it's a one for one but yeah I think loot boxes it's, it's there is definitely a problem a risk involved when like you might sit there you've put a hundred dollars into this game and you don't yeah. have the thing you want like i think that's yeah. probably there should be some kind of protection there um in terms yeah. of guaranteedness um, I know in Europe, I think some, is it somewhere in Europe, there's, there's, they have to say the, the actual percentages yeah, or something. Yeah, they have to the yeah. Yeah, for what you can get in each box. I've seen a lot of games still... adopt that now, it's like standard practice. Yeah, yeah, I think they have to, to be able to release it everywhere, but, um, yeah, yeah. still, yeah, I, I know what you mean, it's shit. It's that, yeah, <laughs> it's built on top of, like, FOMO, and mm. that, and when we think about FOMO, it's not rational, it's your emotions, and you don't think. Like, so... Yeah. Well, we better move on, because we've got one more meteor yes, topic to discuss, and that is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Thinking back a little bit longer in the week that's been now, we saw, uh, like, a, a 10 minutes plus of new gameplay, Tears of the Kingdom, revealed a whole heap of stuff. Um, James W., to come to you first on this, what are the new game mechanics that we saw in the gameplay trailer took your fancy? What interested you the most? Uh, I mean, Meat Arrow, obviously. Um, I don't know what else you really need from this game. Um, no, look, I, I thought this looked magical. The, the the fusion concept, the idea that sort of anything in this already physics-based world can now just be smacked together with, like, yeah. Link's goo. Um, you know, that's, like, that's a guaranteed... Yeah, look, all right, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kieran made no, a face, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I thought it looked really cool. The, um, yeah, the, like, that... 
attaching of the eye to an arrow and it becomes a homing arrow, like genius little touches like that. That got me. Yeah. Yeah. Really plays into like the environmental puzzle solving as well that I think like made mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild so cool. Um, and yeah, like, likewise with the the vehicles. Like I think new ways to traverse these environments are always going to interest me. And I think like Breath of the Wild kind of definitely established the standard and tally people kind of traverse open world. Um, so to see them like kind of challenge that thinking once more is quite neat. Um, but yeah, personally still unconvinced they're kind of doing enough to like build on breath of the wild i don't know if they can quite like replicate the magic that was that game but uh james b i know like we haven't always seen eye to eye on that how, how are you feeling about the new gameplay that's come out for tears of the kingdom we, we literally have agreed on this oh before, I... you and... <laughs> you're like... on my you're on my side gosh i should really no, should be but, no i'm not because i'm annoyed because <laughs> i'm <petty. laughs> um Nah, um, mm. I, last year was a lot of sequels to games I loved that I didn't love as much, um, and... Yeah. Yeah. You can probably think about that, and it's pretty obvious, but I can think of at least two games that were like that. But Dying Light, year, Horizon for me, would be uh, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. We don't have to name <laughs> names. I don't want to upset Shannon, because he's not here. Um, but... I, Breath of the Wild, I, obviously I, like, I've made it pretty clear. I really didn't like Breath of the Wild as much as everyone else. I thought I can respect why people like it. Um, I'm just like a very like old man Zelda purist. I really want Dungeons and Items, but seeing this footage and stuff of this new footage that, which is kind of what I've been wanting to see for a while, the weapon fusion stuff is amazing, but I also feel like it's something that you like, yes, they had some pretty cool examples in the video, but you really can't appreciate until you get your hands on it. Um, so, like, I, I'm excited to actually play with that, break it open, see what I can do. Um, but, yeah, like, I still have... The, the questions that I still have are still there. Like, I, I don't... I would love to know if there are, say, like, dungeons and all that kind of stuff. Just something yeah. a little bit more compelling than what the Divine Beasts were. Um, I'm definitely more positive now after watching this footage. Um, even, like, Asc- Ascend as a power. Like, I saw a tweet from someone, I can't remember who, um, said, I don't really get the point of Ascend. But to me, like, that's, like, a huge game changer. Like, how fucking annoying was climbing in Breath of the Wild? Like, it was the most annoying thing. Thank you. Thank you. No. Music okay, to my wait, ears. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you were just ruining me. Panic, panic, no, panic. No, no, no. no, no, no I just hate how everyone... Nah, I've but, said this before on the podcast, I'm sure, but no, I hate how I, everyone points to the climbing as, like... It's it's the not the best. climbing that was the issue. No, no, it's not the climbing that was the issue. It's the stamina shit that was the issue. I hated that. Like, you get oh. halfway up a mountain, and then you just, like, fall down. Like a dead bug. Um, so, like, <laughs> I really like the idea that Ascend lets you just do that with, like nothing um i think that's that's a, that's a small thing but it's like a huge quality of life improvement and that will have some application to puzzles and stuff i'm sure as um, yeah. the final game um appears um but yeah like i i think i'm i'm still i'm keener than i was which i didn't think would be possible like i was pretty ready to um like write off and even like the weapon fusion stuff I feel like that's a really smart way to kind of offset the weapon de- degradation Dang. complaints that people have. Like, I understand why it's there, and um, and but I still hated it. And like, but I think that having the this this weapon fusion system 
it's like an answer to that without completely... I like when people address problems in game design without removing it, you know? like, And I think yeah. that, that that's a really, really smart way of doing that. Um, so, yeah. I, I feel like I just, like, spat all my brain out onto the screen. <laughs> but I yeah. think, like, overall, I am more excited, for sure. That's um, a good way of putting it, because, like, yeah, the, the kind of stamina management, like, the temperature management... Um, the weapon management of the game was like, I felt kind of wasn't what I wasn't enamored with that. And I felt like it was getting in the way of the things I was enjoying about the game, like just the kind of creativity over in the world or, you know, the kind of combat that was feeling rather fresh for a Zelda entry. So yeah, I like that they kind of reimagined that while still kind of like finding new ways to like manage the physics of the world like i thought the kind of time reversal sort of mechanic to like get up into the sky islands and stuff was like super neat as well um and it's kind of yeah opens up so many doors to different puzzle solving um yeah i'm glad i'm not gonna mm. have to be worrying about weapon degradation so much if i can just like slap a rock on it and make <laughs> a weird made mace <laughs> problem solved yeah cool sounds like we're all a bit more chipper about about it then which like is a sort big achievement yeah considering <laughs> how i was feeling well i mean like you didn't ask for my opinion but i'll give it anyway um <laughs> please do yes. care no wide no open. i no i think i think i feel pretty much the same uh i'm I, similar to james like i'm really i really want to see like where the bespoke content is and what they've designed into the game as opposed to just the tools that they give you to like self-direct yeah, because that's something I because that's that, something that I did is... struggle with in Breath, Breath of the yeah. Wild was being given all this choice and all these things I could do. But like, well, I don't. You tell me what to do, please. Just like for yeah. a second. <laughs> and if, like, if they do incorporate linear, but I but I know what yeah. you mean. Like, but if I, there's like if, if they're giving you isn't it compared to no. like, yeah? If they're giving you like, hey, build vehicles or like put, make weapons out of stuff. Like, I want there to be a reason to do that other than it's cool. Yeah. So that's or what getting like, from like point A to B, like you want to see it integrated into like a dungeon or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's I think that's like the last piece of the puzzle that I'm hoping that they they sort of signal before it comes out. I think you could probably make an argument for the fact that a lot of Breath of the Wild systems only existed because they were cool, though, right? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> James is not wanting to hear. It's a mic drop over there. Shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's it's a very like systems driven oh 100 uh, self experience right yeah and, uh, that's what I enjoyed a lot about the the first game and so like them just adding more systems into that I think is a pretty natural ex- extension of that although I do fully understand like why you're after a bit more of a, an authored experience from it I, I yep. want both I know that's greedy yeah. but like we had the <laughs> we had one last time now give me the other I one. agree yeah <laughs> you're all good I don't, I don't think there's too much games. to ask for good. honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like I've always said that with the first game, like they've got such solid systems and I didn't even think they could make them better and they have, which is great. But then yeah. I want to now see all of that put into something. Like give me mm. this giga dungeon that I have to be really fucking smart to finish, which I know that like we don't want to do that in <laughs> games as much anymore because you want people to finish them. <laughs> but like that big open world, like like you could do some cool optional stuff yeah. that isn't <clears throat> 30 seconds like the shrines. You know, mm. yeah, know. or just like have more challenging nav like uh, environment to navigate. Other than, oh, you're gonna have to take a lot of stew with you to climb up this massive mountain. Like, 
really going to lean into the new systems they've created. I also made. want more. Now enemy you can types build it while we're at it. Yeah, I yes. really hope it's not yeah. just robots or whatever they mm. call them. Constructs. Mm. Constructs. Mm. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Right. I know I'm being unreasonable and I'm being harder on this than I would no, be any other game. But we've got we've got like they've set yeah. themselves a high high standard. Um, and so kind of yeah, it's up to them to live up to it now. I think we ought to go into it expecting a lot. Because they're the ones that set that bar. Anyhow, I digress and we're going long. Uh, so just quickly, I wanna ask you, have you been seeing these Last of Us part one PC glitches? These are unreal. <laughs> Uh, Kieran, have you been on TikTok and watching some of these? I have been. I tried to collect some into an article, but they keep new ones keep popping up. Yeah, just, and most of them involve Ellie. Most of them involve Ellie's character model just freaking the fuck out. I think my like, personal favorite has been the one like where in a cutscene they randomly just get wet just get the wet. character models. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Joel would just like start dripping as if he's like sweating profusely. <laughs> a real intense conversation. They're all just like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, James W., how does this happen for, like, a PC port of, like, such a revered game? Go it's this so wrong. bizarre, right? Because, like, they've had such a good run with their PC ports. Like, you know, almost critically acclaimed, kind of like, yeah, like, set these games free on really high-end systems, and then there's just this. It's mm. really confusing. Yeah. Mm. I guess uh, the, the world of PC porting is a challenging space that I know and understand very little about. Not as easy as a copy and paste and slide the resolution scale up. <laughs> Hopefully they get it fixed soon. Um, keeping things quick, though, I do have a rapid-fire question for you all. There are reports circulating that the PSVR 2 has only sold a couple hundred thousand units so far, far lower than the reported 2 million units PlayStation supposedly targeted. So yes, no, too early, too early to say. Those are your three options. Is the PSVR 2 a failure? James B. Too early to say, I think. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, but I'm fearing like, it's a yes. If anyone says yes, in my opinion. You're looking down on anyone that says yes. No, I'm telling everyone to calm down if they say yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kieran, what's your answer? No. I know it's rapid no. fire, but I think I think in terms of comparison to the install base of the PS4, it never is rapid fire. <laughs> I think no, but just shut up. You make it longer. I think like <laughs> if you compare if you compare the PS4 and PS5 install bases at the time of the VR release, head like headsets for both platforms, I think it's actually tracking sure. better. That's a good so. argument. I like it. And James W. Yes, because I'm dramatic. So. Oh, nice. I was yeah. hoping I was hoping someone would be <laughs> like that. All right, now it's time for what the wiki, the Press Our Podcast game show with the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page from an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess and the round ends after a person scores two points. Currently currently in the lead, we have Brody on nine points, James, myself, and Kieran tied with seven points each, Shannon on five points, and entering the competition, we have James W. Currently, nil point. Finally, good to see Congratulations. Um, well as last that. week's winner, Brody ought to have been in the hosting chair today, but Kieran is making up a debt and hosting today instead. I think I covered him in the past, so uh, this is payback. Uh, but Kieran, take it away. The show is yours. Yeah, cool. Um, this might end up being a very easy round for some people. I don't know. I randomly generated these games, the, but we'll all Resident anyway. Evil games. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're all. <laughs> it's just Star Wars. Um, 
No, so here we go. Since the game has a large survival horror focus, the player often has little <laughs> ammunition. It's not really, <laughs> and must scavenge for supplies from caches or dead bodies. An essential supply is pre-war 5.45 by 39 millimeter ammunition. I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce that properly, um, uh, which is also the main currency. James. Oh, do you? Oh, main currency. James. I think it was other James that got it. It was Metro 2033. It is Metro 2033. You got the right one one. as well. I was worried that we were going to go sequel sequel back and forth again. (laughs) Yeah, it was only three. (laughs) So hopefully it wouldn't have taken long. Maybe you and James up to eight points. Games number game number two is uh, well, not I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the game primarily <laughs> consists of primarily consists of first person shooter and driving segments, with the player using their vehicle to explore the world and travel between missions. Combat is undertaken from a first person perspective. The player is armed with a variety of upgradable firearms, as well as a crossbow, James and boomerang. James, Far no. Cry Three, no. Yeah. James. <laughs> James. 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 Um, he was quick. Uh, is it Rage 2? It's not Rage 2. You would. <laughs> is, it, you is, it, is it Rage? It's Rage. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> Cherry picked the point. Oh. You love to see it. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Although I was the character definitely gains... going the Far Cry route. Sorry. You could have. Um, although the character gains access to a revolver, a shotgun, a bolt gun, a flamethrower, and a stun baton over the course of the game, it emphasizes evasion over direct combat by providing limited ammunition. The player can also craft useful items by collecting schematics and different materials. James. James. Is it the Callisto Protocol? No. Oh. Did you say yes? <laughs> I <don't, laughs> items include EMP detonators, noisemakers, Molotov cocktails, and pipe bombs. To, to oh my god! To deal with enemies. <laughs> let me you back can, in. If no one else has a guess, I think we can let James back in. Maybe. I'm tempted just to have a shot in the, the dark. But no, enemy James. is afraid of fire, so using flame weapons forces it to retreat. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. No, I'm. James, it's yours. Is it Alien Isolation, Kieran? It's Alien Isolation. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't have got there. Well done, James. Fantastic. Best game Nice ever. work. Kind of. Catching Brody <laughs> back up. James is up on eight. Uh, sorry, nine points. I uh, moved up. It's been a long time eight. since I won. Time. Well done, James. You <laughs> I feel like you win every time I do it. The hosting next week. Maybe that's on purpose. That was a good assortment of games, though. Mm. I liked it that. Was. Yeah. It I'm is. very comfortable points, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start <laughs> podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Kieran. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at H-A-S-H underscore B-R-A-U-N. Sharing his preview of star wars jedi survivor it was james yeah i am on twitter at omg more james and winning what the wiki this week it was james it's in reference to me because you get james and you get more james so, uh, <laughs> yeah. you can find me at twitter on at james atjmz i got a hit tweet last week guys did, did you really i did Fifty thousand views 
I discovered Fish. a speedrunning technique in RE4. How did I miss this tweet? I'm going to have to go and check this out. Yeah, amazing, hey. <laughs> and I've I been your host. notifications off. I know how Gaga <laughs> feels now. <laughs> and I've been your host, anyway. Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.